computers. This is Intelligent Performance. Welcome to Intelligent Performance, where we are fanatical about excellence in human endeavor. And today we welcome Mark Carpenter, an author and an expert in the mastery of storytelling. And we go into a whole world of what does it take to share and to communicate effectively when it comes to stories. And we look at the formulaic approach, like what are the core elements that you must have, but fundamentally, why? What does it make available? And those who can, what does it open up? And fundamentally, it's all about connection. It enables you to connect with other people, to lead effectively. It allows you to impact people and and really just synergize with others such that they can understand what you're saying and they really get where you're trying to take that person from a leadership context from a business context and it's incredibly powerful so we hope you enjoy this conversation we certainly did let's dive straight in where i would love to kick off is what's your take on intelligent performance in in your domain you know, intelligent performance in my domain is really like about leading like a person. It's connecting to people. Now, sometimes I say that to people and people say, well, I have to have all my facts and figures and data. And it's like, yeah, you do. But you also have to connect with people in a way that they'll understand what those facts, figures and data are. It's not about sharing features and benefits if you're selling a product. It's not about just here's our goals as a team leader. But what do those actually mean? And so when we teach people master storytelling, what we're teaching them is how do you connect with people as a person? And that's part of intelligence performance, intelligent performance from my perspective. Interesting. And I think we were just talking before, right? And it was a, there's so, there's a lot out there in terms of storytelling. There's a lot of people who, you know, flag the importance of it. And I think, you know, I read stories to my son at night, right? And so there's that kind of storytelling. But I think in this context, we're really want to get to the essence of like how do you craft a story where there isn't there isn't there's no holes and there's enough information there but there isn't too much where you lose people so i'm intrigued so just take us back a step mike why are you so passionate about this space like what of all things you could be passionate about what is it that kind of really had you focus on on things like storytelling now you might not be surprised to find that there's a story in that (laughs) that's that that is that is part of the the story this sure. is something that I've kind of done throughout my life. And I started my career in marketing communications and public relations. So I was really telling the story of the organization to its different publics. And then I got into corporate facilitation, training and development, leadership development. And as you're facilitating, as you're teaching, storytelling is a very powerful way to transfer concepts. And I came to the point where I was like, I'm... I, want to write a book. I, I had helped some other people write their books and I wanted to write mine. And my wife was the one that nudged me and said, you need to write a book about how you take everyday experiences and turn them into teaching moments. Take just little things that happen day to day and you turn them into a story that teaches people, which makes it more memorable and more connected to them. And as I started researching that more, I went, there's a great body of research behind why that is effective and why that's impactful. And some of the things that I was doing very naturally, I found out there's a really good reason to do it that way. And there's a really good reason that that works in helping to teach, lead, sell, and inspire. So tell us, okay, well, let's dive into that. So what is it from a, because you're right, you know, it's always, it's always interesting, isn't it? I think when I ran a workshop just recently and 
a lady shared a very short story about being on a board and it was a dysfunctional voluntary board. And when we did a debrief with some of the people in the program after, one of the key things they remembered was that just that very short story about dysfunction of a team. And I was like, wow, that's, it kind of highlights this issue. So what is it about storytelling that is so effective and it is so resonant, you know, resonates so strongly with us? I, I'm going to bring you into this, this answer, okay? Because you just mentioned that you read stories to your son. Why, yeah. why do you read stories to your son? Because we're told to read to him, and it's a lovely thing. <laughs> yeah, but why? Well, yeah, I know. Yeah, you're. We're, we're we're told as parents, read to your children, read to your children. Yeah, I guess but tra- transferring. What is it about those stories? Yeah, tra- transfer. I guess transferring language, transferring topics, and and helping him discover. Yeah, I guess pick up and learn about the world. Yeah, and I love how you just ended that. It's how we learn about the world. If you think evolutionarily, this is how we learned about the world. This is how we made sense of the world as ancient man, were the stories we would hear from other people and the stories we would relate to them about which areas are safe and why, which foods are safe and why, which animals you want to stay away from versus which animals you want to eat. This is how we learned as a species. And so we are a storytelling species. Now, you can go back evolutionarily like that. More recently, there's a lot of research around the impact of storytelling on our brains, Mm. that it it connects us in a way because it changes some of the chemistry and some of the the electrical responses and reactions in our brain. There's great research that was done by Uri Hassan at, at Princeton, where he hooked up a storyteller and a story listener to functional MRI and was tracking their, their brain patterns. And he found that the listener's brain patterns very closely followed behind the storytellers at the beginning. But then as the story progressed, the listener started catching up to the storyteller so that their brains all of a sudden became in sync. So think about how that connects people together. If we can kind of synchronize our thinking around topics. And so there's, there's tons of other research and I'm not going to take all all the time in the podcast going into all the research, but there's great research that shows that this is how we connect as human beings, and it's how we understand and remember and make sense of the world. Wow. And I think um, I love the in-sync part, because as a leader, when you're running a business where you're trying to sell something, you're either trying to get your team to sync up with you, or you're trying to sync with your team. If you're trying to sell to a client, you're trying to... I was sat selling to a client yesterday and I was like trying to get them to sink in with me and they were I was weaving in stories but I'm keen to to see how I can kind of tune the effectiveness of them and like so how must be tricky from your side Mark because the an unconscious skill has now become by the sounds of things very conscious for you so when you share it's there's the different elements so maybe let's start with that let's start with the elements what a what what are people missing or what are the key things we need to be bringing into? Is it actually maybe a question before that? Is it formulaic or not? There's some formula to it. There's all sorts of people that are going to teach complicated formulas about how to tell stories. We've tried to stay away from the complexity because, because there's really some core elements that have to come in. But one of the things that we teach especially is about focusing on what your intent in the story is. Right. So, you were talking about being on the phone with a with a client or a potential client, yep. and you might want to tell them a story to help them understand how your product connects into their world. But now you have an intent 
an intention to tell that story. It's not just, ooh, let me, let me just tell a funny story here that maybe it'll help this person trust me more. Maybe that works, maybe it doesn't. It could come across as you're wasting their time. So what is your purpose in telling that story? And that's the place we always get people to start. Because once you know what is my purpose of this story, then the structure of it is a little bit easier because you only want to tell the things in the story that are going to lead to and serve that purpose that you've got in telling the story. So as a business leader, let's say a team leader, I'm trying to get my team on board with a new change. Well, I may have an example or an illustration that I want to share, just like that woman you talked about in, in the meeting you were in yesterday. Well, I want to be intentional about, okay, how can I craft that story to see how it will be of their benefit to get on board with this new change? And so I may leave out some extraneous details in that story that don't necessarily serve that point. That's the place that I always get people to start is what is your point in telling this story? And I, and I don't want it to be just to entertain or just to be funny because then the story becomes about you. Mm. And I don't want the story to become about you. The story is about the message. The story is about what are you trying to convey to mm. the people that you're trying to teach, lead, sell, inspire. It's interesting. I was at a uh, retreat over the weekend and they, right at the end, they shared a very short story about the men in World War. I think it was World War II or World War One, And they said... Right at the end, they were they were on the boat returning from war. They'd been through incredible hardship, and they they could see their families. And you know, the, the boat was pulling up, and they put the gangplank down, and then they rushed off the boat, and some of them fell to their death. And the point that was <laughs> this kind of going back into society when you've been through a powerful weekend like this, you've got to be very careful and deliberate about how you do it. And if you rush. The impact is probably not going to be as significant as as what they experienced, but it can certainly have impact. And I think to your point, Mark, it was a very it was such a concise story. Like you know, you'd have thought World War One, you'd have to go into you know five minutes later, we finally got to the point. But man, it like smacked me in the face in like fifteen seconds in terms of yeah. illustrating what they were trying to say. So is that what you mean when you say intent? Like really getting to the core of it? Yes, absolutely. In fact, I'll, I'll give you another example that I thought of as, as you were sharing that because it, it ties in really well. There's an organization locally where I, where I live that is focused on rehabilitating people who have been in the prison system. These people have been drug addicted, gang members, and they go to this program as part of their, as an option actually for, for going to prison. And they have to run businesses to do it. Now, there's some very stringent rules that they know if they don't follow the rules, they're back in prison. One of the companies that they run is a moving company. And we hired this company about three years ago to move my 80-year-old mother-in-law from a condo into an assisted living center. And so we're bringing these guys in who, they're younger guys in their, in their late 20s, early 30s, fully tattooed and, and all yeah. over the place. These are not the kind of people that my 80-year-old mother-in-law typically hangs out with. But at the end of the move, and they were super polite, they were super efficient. One of them said, would you mind before we go, if I told you my story about what has got me to the place that I am right now? And he told a very brief story, about two and a half, three minutes of the life he led, where it landed him in prison, the problems that it caused him, and how by my 80-year-old mother-in-law hiring him to help them, her move, was helping him not go back to that life. It was such a powerful moment. And his purpose in doing that was to say, I tell you that to say, thank you for being a part of my recovery 
in my turnaround. But as I'm listening to it, my wife's listening to it, and her mom's listening to it, <laughs> we're thinking, wow. who else can we get to hire these people to continue them on their journey? Mm. So there's that intention there of fully understanding the power behind what we were doing by hiring these people to help in that move. It was helping us to get the move done, but it was helping them to change their lives. Wow. What a, that was a story within a story. Wow. That's so cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Incredible. So the, the intent's very powerful, right? And then leaving out anything which by the sounds of things doesn't serve that intent, Mark. Is that right? I'm sure this this young man, he could have gone on for 30 minutes telling about all the details of his past and sure. some of the problems that he'd went through and the pain that he'd gone through with that. But he got it concise to a point where I don't want to lose my audience by, by going on too long. And he had that really, you could tell he practiced it. Mm -hmm. Honestly, yeah. I was listening to him doing what I do. I'm listening to him tell this story and go, oh, you're intentional about this. And you, you have worked on this. You've gotten some coaching on this. And it was very concise and to the point, if he had told every detail, my mother-in-law would have been sitting there going, I need to unpack. Would you get out of here? Mm -hmm. But by honing it down to these are the core elements of this experience that I need to tell to make the point that I want to make in the story, he was able to do it concisely and very powerfully and memorably. And it's interesting the impact it had, which was you wouldn't have necessarily called that a business development conversation necessarily. you know. But the impact, what it evoked in you was the wow, like I'm getting to I'm getting to make a difference here whilst also benefiting from yeah, by not having to lift my mum's couch or whatever it is. So very, yeah. very cool. So Mark, once you've gone into the intent, where do you go next? What are you focused on from that point? So there's really three core elements that we look at. There's there's the current state, there's the conflict, and then there's the change. Now, if you look back at Joseph Campbell's, I think it's 17 steps of the narrative arc, you can kind of embed them in there. But we just think this is an easier way to think of it. So you want to talk about where is the current state? So I'll, I'll use the example that I just shared. This young man shared that his current state was on drugs, committing crimes, robbing, stealing from his family members. And so there's the current state. And the conflict came when he finally got to the point where I'm an adult now and I'm in prison, not juvenile detention. And so now this is serious. And there was no way out for me to come until I found this organization. Now we come to the change. And by coming to this organization, it's changed who I am as a person, which has changed my life and allowed me to help change other people's lives at the same time. So the current state sets up, all right, how can we relate to this each as human beings? You're not me, I'm not you, but you've had experiences that I can relate to. And I've had experiences that you can relate to, and that connects us as human beings. When we get to the conflict state, what we're doing there is we're heightening their interest. We're getting people to say, ooh, what's going to happen here? Because I'm a little concerned about what the outcome is going to be. Mm -hmm. And then the change is where the lesson comes in. What did we learn from that? Now, sometimes that change is, and this is how I failed. But I learned from that failure that I could have done this differently, or I'm telling you what I did that led me to the failure, because I want you to make a better choice about that when you're facing that situation. Mm -hmm. So if you think of those three sections, the current state, the conflict, the change, that helps you hone in on 
leading to the change, which is where that lesson's going to come in. That's that's where your intention comes in. Mm. I have to know my intention, or I'm not going to know what's going to drive me to that point. Go but ahead. those three chunks can get you to be fairly concise on how you tell a story. And is brevity and shortness of a story important, Mark? Like, does it matter how long it is? Like, is it? Yeah, does it matter? Of course. Depends on the situation. If if I'm trying to write a, a blockbuster movie, no, brevity is not important. <laughs> I want to get a lot of details into that into that movie or into that novel. Yeah. But for the situations that I typically talk to people about, mm. which is in leadership situations, yeah, brevity is important. Now, you don't want to be so brief that you just get to the change and don't have the setup because then you've lost people along the way. <laughs> yeah. But we really look at three three to five minutes, you can easily convey a, a powerful experience mm. in that short of a time. Mm. And often less as well, right? Just in that World War yeah. One story I was thinking of, like the it was such a powerful visual where you place yourself. I place myself on the boat and, you know, you're seeing those, so excited to be home and, oh, wow. And then just boom, I was like, Ugh! you know, so and what's the lesson? You and, I was just, just like, you just made a really important statement about the power of story. When you said, I placed myself on that boat. Yeah. Stories give us a vicarious experience where we don't have to experience it ourselves. You didn't have to experience the pain of that situation to feel the pain of it yourself. Because stories transport us. They will transport us to that situation so you can feel what happened there and learn from that without having to go through the pain. Years ago, I heard this great statement. It's never left me. This guy said, wise people learn from their mistakes, but truly wise people learn from other people's mistakes. Mm. And stories can do that. They can help us prevent some of those mistakes. As, as your son grows up, there's going to be times when you're going to tell him stories that are going to help him remember, I don't need to make this same mistake that other people have made. And maybe mm. it's not even a mistake that you made. Maybe it's a mistake that somebody else made that you're conveying to him. Mm. That's how we learn. And again, the point that you made about the, the meeting you had yesterday, everybody remembered the story. Stories have that great powerful to impact our memories. Very cool. So in a performance focused podcast, we're very, I'm, I'm intrigued by the title of your book being master storytelling, right? So I'm intrigued. I like, I really like the concept of mastery because I think mastery is a very interesting you know, there's something there's something to tell the story. And then so I'm intrigued, what's the next level? Because by the sounds of things, I don't know if you would call those things basic, but they were certainly they'd be foundational in terms of stories. So Mike, from your perspective, what's the difference between that and then what does true mastery look like in this space? Thank you. I appreciate you calling out the name book because we were intentional about that too, because it can have a couple of different connotations. It can have the connotation of a direction, master storytelling. You need to do this. Yeah. And it can also have the connotation of I've done it. <laughs> I've mastered storytelling. So love that question. I love that thought. And you're right. What I, what I gave you with those three chunks of the story, that's pretty foundational. That, that's right. that's our, our, our groundwork. We talk a lot, a lot about other ways to really refine that story and strengthen it. One of them is using direct dialogue. Right. And what I mean by that, in, instead of saying, he said he was angry with me. Well, okay, that's a that's a paraphrase. Instead, he looked at me, pointed his finger and says, I am so mad at you right now. That is a completely different impact in the story. And it really doesn't take any more time. 
but we sometimes use summary phrases instead of the actual dialogue in the story, but mm -hmm. the dialogue has more power. Another thing we teach is pause in your story to ask, ask questions. Ask questions like, how do you think I was feeling in this moment? Or if you were in this situation, what would be going through your head right now? We were just talking about how stories transport you. That's a great way to transport people because you ask somebody a question, their brain wants to answer it. Even if they're resistant to it, their brain wants to answer it. And so when you do that, you draw people into that story more. And then again, they're feeling their emotions within the context yeah. of that story. So it becomes their story, not yours. Wow, that's a phenomenal... I'd never thought of that because, as you say, you know, how that's a powerful question. If you were in this situation, how would you feel like that, that? That draws someone in, but I was, it doesn't necessarily disrupt the flow of the story. In fact, and that's very powerful. So, yeah, it, it actually enhances the flow of the story because it brings them right into it. Wow. Okay, cool. Keep going. This is epic. So, what else? <laughs> so, okay, so well, you draw I'll, I'll take one more step along your question about, about mastery. Yeah. And sometimes get people who say to me, yeah, this is, this all sounds good, but I am just not a storyteller. This isn't in mm. my DNA. I just, I just can't do this. And I remind them that this is a skill just like any other skill. In fact, when, when people say that to me, I, I ask them, tell me something that you're good at now that you didn't used to be good at. Could be a hobby. It could be part of your profession. What, what is something you do now weren't good at, but you are now? And they'll come up with things like, oh, a friend does this. He, he creates little miniatures and he does painting on them. And, and it's like really super fine painting on these little miniature figurines that he does. And he said, the first ones that I did, they looked like garbage. They were terrible. I destroyed them and threw them away because I didn't want anybody to see them. But now he makes some really, really impressive things. And so I ask, how did you get from that first stage to where you are now? And what do you think the answer is? Practice repetition, something along the lines. Yeah. And it's the same with storytelling. It's about learning the structure, learning, learning how to do it, but then you're not immediately going to be good at it just by learning that. You mm. have to practice. And I love that you said repetition. It's about putting the reps in. Mm. Uh, it's, exactly. it's about trying it and learning from, ooh, that, that statement didn't land well. Or mm. I had a detail in there and that seemed to confuse people. Maybe I'll leave that out next time. And learning what works, what works with your cadence, what's going to work for your audience, knowing your audience is critically important, and just continuing to practice and hone that skill, but not to give up on it because the first one doesn't come out very good. Like my friend who does the figurines, if he had stopped at that first one because it didn't come out well, he never would have gotten the joy out of what he's doing with them now. So understand the process and it's... Yeah, very cool. It reminds me of going go to the gym somewhat because some mornings, yes. this morning, I'm just like, oh, you know, like one rep and it doesn't feel like much. But when you yeah. look at the, when you put the reps together, all of a sudden you've done a whole workout, you know, but arguably it's just doing a rep or, or something like that. So yes. interesting. So what a, what about like, maybe I'm intrigued to hear. So what are people, actually, who, who are your master storytellers? Who do you see as people you like far out? They are phenomenal storytellers who are the people you look at in that space oh wow you know there's so many good ones that are out there look at any of the great business books they have great storytellers malcolm gladwell is one that comes to my mind malcolm gladwell right. has been fantastic storyteller you read his book seth godden is another one that i think is really good 
at, mm. at honing the story. So it's not, if you, if you read their books, and boy, you could go on and on. You really just pick one of the really, really good thought leaders and read their books and you will look, you'll find stories in there. There, there are stories embedded in there. They don't just say, here's the principle, but they say, here's the story to teach the principle. Mm. Stephen Covey was an expert at that. Uh, Joseph Grenny at Crucial Learning, the Crucial Conversations folks, he is exceptional at that. Uh, there's just so many great storytellers out there. And they've learned that if I really want people to understand and remember and apply what I'm teaching, I'm going to tell the story that makes the point because that's the thing that they're going to hold on to. Wow. Interesting. So just thinking about traditional sales training, actually, in the doesn't really focus a lot on this as a as a core element, which is surprising given the effectiveness and the potency of what we're talking about. And yeah, and and, this, that, and that's parts of organizations that we work with a lot, actually. Right, is the sales to to really one of the organizations has a whole concept they refer to as social selling. It's it's how do we sell people to people because people buy from those that they know, trust, yeah. and like. And how do you get people to know, trust, and like you? Well, I'll tell you, storytelling is a good shortcut to help you get there. Absolutely. If you can tell the story that relates my product or service to your need, and they can put themselves in that story and go, ooh, you've just given me the path to overcome a problem that I want to solve. That is very powerful. They'll remember you as their connection to that organization, which also is powerful for salespeople to connect into. They remember me as a person in that situation. But it drives that emotional decision because people, people buy on emotion and they justify on logic. Mm. But we try to justify on logic first and never get to that emotional component of it. And then we wonder why we, we aren't connected to the people or why they aren't feeling connected to us. Mm. And so it's a very powerful skill in really making relationship sales. Yeah. And in a very, coming back to what you said, was it the, the sinking in with someone that yeah. That from a from a from a brain perspective, that's what's probably very very cool. I think in terms of NLP, you know, as an example of is a way to try and get in sync with someone else. You know, using yeah. you know getting them to vibe with you. But yeah, I feel like storytelling is is kind of like a, a more subtle and probably more classy in some ways ways to do it. So I'm intrigued though. Let's say you're training a car salesman. Right, it, just to, to really get it down to is you know perhaps maybe it doesn't even work in this context, but you know like I'd be a little bit antsy if I went to buy a Toyota or whatever it is, and the guys just start telling me about this. <laughs> I know these these stories like so. Does it does it work in that context, Mark, or is it like well, is there a certain setup that you need to do to make sure that someone's actually ready? Something like that. Well, this, this goes back to something I mentioned briefly earlier, which is really knowing your audience. Let, right. Let's take that example. Let's say you go to the Toyota dealership, pick the brand. So I'll, I'll just yeah. go with it. Go to the Toyota dealership and, and they say, hi, how you doing? What are, what are you interested in today? So it's kind of interested in, in looking at SUVs. Well, okay, we've got this SUV and this SUV, this SUV. How, how big do you want? You know, what do you, they start giving you features, benefits, size, all, all of those types of things. Yeah. But what if instead they said to you, okay, why are you interested in this in an SUV? And you said, well, I, I like to do a lot of camping. I do a lot of outdoor stuff. Okay. So when you're going camping, who are you going with? Well, my family, I got a family of four. 
Okay, so you got four people in your gear that you want to be able to take camping, right? Yeah. Okay, what kind of camping do you do? You're talking beach camping, you're talking mountain camping, desert camping. What, what's your typical camping? And now all of a sudden, I'm getting into who you are. And then once I know that, I can say, well, let, let me introduce you to the Toyota Highlander. Yeah. I, I can say that because that's my wife's car. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> that makes it easy for me. This episode's and, not sponsored by Toyota, FYI. But it's... Yeah, 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 please, please. But maybe we can, maybe we can get some post sponsorship from them. <laughs> and then start talking about, this seems like it'd be a good fit for you yeah. because I've had customers who have used this before. And this is the thing they like about it when they go camping. Well, now I'm not selling you on features and benefits. I'm selling you on the need you're trying to fill. Mm. I'm, I'm allowing you to picture yourself in that vehicle doing the things that you want to do and so i've transported you and if you ask me details about the size of the engine and the mileage and all that stuff great i can share that with you but the thing that's really going to sell you is is it going to fill my need yeah and and you can do that by just sharing an example sharing an experience from another customer that maybe used the vehicle in the same way that that you did or that needs a computer or, or a bunch of computers to do this specific task. Well, if I can share the experience of somebody else and how that was successful for them, I'm going to sell my computers more easily to them. Cool. Okay. So it, it sounds like knowing your audience is, is the key part there because you can't just jump necessarily in. Otherwise, you end up telling, yeah, I guess you're going to lack the relevancy when it comes to that question. So it comes to the story because your intent would, yeah. would vary, right? So, yeah, so let, let's play that out again. You come to me and you say you're looking for an SUV, and I start telling you a story about how uh, this client of mine used the SUV for camping, and you're like, I, I, I'm not really into camping. I camping. Uh, I'm, looking, <laughs> I'm, looking for tow, I'm looking for towing power because I have a construction job. Well, okay, if I did. Now I've told you the wrong story and it didn't relate to you because it doesn't connect to your needs. And so, yes, no, knowing the audience connects very strongly with what's your purpose in telling the story. What's the intention yeah. that you have? And maybe is, I get that kind of leads into nicely, like what are the things to avoid in storytelling? And one of them would certainly be relevance, right? So what do you see? Because it doesn't matter how brief a story, if it doesn't, if it doesn't resonate with the audience, it's too long, arguably. Is it? Yeah. So what yeah. are the kind of and, key and, things to... And that's and everything really comes back to knowing your audience and knowing your intention in the story. Because if you don't know those things, then you tend to ramble on in your experience looking for the point you're trying to make. And so that's one of the big mistakes that I see people make is that they try to put every single detail of the experience in there, hoping they're going to find the thing that's going to connect or relate to, to their audience. But that means you haven't done the prep work in really understanding your audience well enough to get to the points that are going to going to resonate with them. Mm. So they they lose people along the way. Now I'll, I'll tell you another. There's a flip side of that too, and that is I'm so anxious to get to the end of my story and to get to my point that I don't set it up well enough that people have an emotional reaction to it. Yeah, right. Go back to the story you were talking about with with World War One. If they jumped straight to, yeah, when people came home, they dropped that ramp and they jumped and a lot of them died because they were so anxious to, to get off there. It's like, okay, wait, 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 how, how did this happen? Mm. And why? And, mm. and, and, and now I've, I've lost you and it hasn't had the impact on you because I haven't set up what the current state and the conflict is before I try to get to the, the change or the conclusion. So it's that finding that balancing point between rambling on too long and rushing yeah. to the end that is, that is one of the most important things that you can do as you craft your story. And again, that, that takes practice and experience and getting feedback and honing that story so 
reaches maximum effectiveness. So let's say you're you're doing the reps, you're practicing, you're crafting. How do you know when you've mastered it, Mark? What are some of the, what's the outcome people experience that that you hear about when you reach this level of mastery? Does your communication become seamless? Like do people just start buying things like they just, you know, the Highlander sales go through the roof? What what is it that what is it that you see? What's it like when you have a mastery of storytelling? We we, we really do need to send this episode to Toyota, Toyota and, and see if we can get something. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> but to, to get to the answer to your question, the real thing that comes up is you find that you have connections with people. Right. People people trust you more. And I think this is as an internal leadership from an internal leadership perspective too, that you want your team to to be able to follow you, to trust you. You want to be able to trust them. And the the human connection that we make through storytelling allows you to lead with greater humanity. You're leading more like a person than a position when you do that. You're leading in a way that's connecting you with those people. It's not just, I'm the boss and you're the worker. It's we're on this same team. We're on this journey together. And we can see that vision. We have that vision where, again, we've synced up so that we're working more effectively together. I think that the way that you you realize I'm really using this skill effectively is when you start having those human connections. Now, I'll also say, I don't know that there's ever a point where you say, got it, mastery, I'm perfect at this. I still am honing stories. I'm still practicing and working on it. I still get feedback and give myself feedback on things that went well and things that didn't go well. And so it's a constantly growing process, but that's the way it is with many things that we have as skills, but we always have ways that we can get better at them. So I don't know that there's so much a destination to master storytelling as there is a journey of master storytelling. I think it reminds me very much of like, look at Djokovic in the tennis game, right? You call him a master, but he can still lose. And I think that's, that's really the point, isn't it? In terms of, um, yeah. People think about mastery often in the wrong way to what I experience. Yeah. And I think it comes back to performance as well in terms of that, yeah, they think they think wrongly that like there's an end game and there's an end state and there's a level of achievement. Okay, you get the medal. Okay. <laughs> but ask an yeah. Olympian and they'll tell you, you know, it's but a moment. It's a fleeting moment of success. And then it's back to the next race trying to prove that you can do it again or, or something like that. So bringing that back into the business side. As soon as you feel like I got this leadership thing nailed, I got it down. <laughs> something's going to happen that's going to challenge your ability to lead. And so that's a constantly growing learning process. And storytelling is a tool that you can you can use very effectively along that process, but it's continuing to develop that skill as well. Awesome. Mark, I think that's a beautiful place to leave this conversation. Your book, Master Storytelling, available now. We'll put some links in the bottom of the kind of description to this this podcast. Mark, just briefly, where can people connect with you if the topic they've talked about really resonates with them and they'd like to learn more about how to improve their stories? Well, I'd start with our website, which is master-storytelling.com. And you're gracious enough that you'll have those in the sh- that in the show notes for us there. I have some free resources there including something we call the story catcher, which is a way for you to just start thinking and looking for what are those experiences that could be impactful stories? And then how do I start crafting that into an impactful story? 
you're also welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn. Look for Mark Carpenter and Master Storytelling. You'll you'll see the 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 book is in in my picture on my profile. So I'd be happy to connect with people through LinkedIn, answer your questions, or just connect with me through the website and happy to help you along your journey to to master storytelling and to really connect with people and, and lead with greater humanity. Awesome. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me.